Okay, got it. There it is. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam. I'm the creator of web vulnerabilities. I'm Sam, and I make hideous pictures. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is 18218. You sound like a robot. That was super confusing. <laughs> Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. Uh, there's going to be profanity, and then we're going to talk about things that children shouldn't hear. I'm so still, after the profanity, stop listening, kids. Yep, I'm still trying to parse that date. So one eight twenty one eight. Okay, but but in, but what format is that in? You know, because like that could that could be a lot of things. It's it's, like, it's an octanary format. Okay, cool. What is right. that great password we talked about? The password is. All lowercase, all uppercase. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a <laughs> rocket from, yeah. jump, uh, <laughs> rocket, rocket jump, jump video. Your best Wi-Fi password: one word, all lowercase; <laughs> two words, all uppercase, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so this past week, a lot of things has have happened. Mm-hmm. Has okay, happened. so the first thing we need to talk about is the fact that. Uh, I needed some some coat hangers in my okay. house. Okay, yeah. I so, have a so and you could have just bought some. There's a space on the wall by the door, and I thought this would be a great place to hang coats. Mm, so oh, you mean not not coat hangers? Yeah, like I thought you meant things. Like, right. I mean, mean uh, coat rack, coat coat rack okay. kind of a thing. Okay, because I was like, you could just you know buy hangers. No, no, that's too simple. So yeah. I always need hangers because when I grab a sweatshirt or something, I always just pull it to try to get it off the hanger. <laughs> And it just breaks the hanger yeah. every time. So this is why you need to get industrial strength hangers <laughs> that you drill into the wall. That that way you rip your clothes. That way you the rip hanger. the wall down. Or the wall, yeah. Done. So, it's, you know, get nice open space. So uh, so my wife and I got these, these cool looking hangers that kind of look like steel feathers with like a hook on the bottom. Fancy. What kind of bird do they get those? <laughs> uh, steel bird, obviously. Okay. That's where steel comes from. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So... A steel type. So these things come with, they come with those uh, mounting brackets that you can drill into the drywall. There's those plastic things that you kind of like mount, you you drill into Ah, there. Then you can drill a screw into it. uh, So that I think those are called lug nuts. (laughs) I I don't think that, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't really know what they're called. I wish Um, most more things were called lug nuts. Yeah, I think we should just call everything a lug nut. So I take this lug nut and I go to, (laughs) and I go to screw it into the wall and this is not a complicated process and I've done it many, many times. You just, you just put it in there. I mean, it's just a drywall anchor, right? It's a drywall anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I go to drill, I put the first one in, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is great. Uh, Then I go to put the second one in and was there something behind the drywall? No, I got a stud finder. I found okay. some studs back there. Cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were hanging out. Yeah, look, look ch- good. Looking good. <laughs> so I made sure to dodge the studs to uh, not interrupt their a good, good hang policy. time. Yep. Uh, so second one was fine. Third one, and, and I was going to put them kind of like in a staggered sort of up, down, up, mm, down yeah, pattern. Extra fancy. Yeah. Extra fancy. Mm-hmm. There's five of them. So it's yep. just like boom, 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 boom. Sure. Right? Um, so I put the first one up high, second one a little bit lower go to put the third one in, I start screwing it and the drywall anchor just snaps in half. Yep. What? I've never experienced this. And Are it, you drilling it with a drill, a power drill? Yeah, but very slowly. Mm. And then it just goes, beep, and it just popped off. Uh, so then I, but it was like mostly in the wall and then the top of it snapped off. So now oh, it's God. screwed into the wall with no way to extract it. Did you poke it in there? Cause yeah. there's a space. 
That's what you normally do is you just knock it into the inside of the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Is that I, what you did no, I I broke <laughs> I I got pliers and I snapped the rest of it off, okay. so that it was flush with the wall. But I'm like, well, fuck! Now I can't put this hanger where it needs to go because now there's a drywall anchor oh, no. stuck in the wall mm-hmm. in the exact which position. usually is good. Usually but not is in good this co- in this case. Absolutely not in this scenario because <laughs> uh, it's broken. Mm-hmm. So so then I'm like, all right, I'll. I'll, maybe I can move this hook so that the feathery steel part covers the fucked up broken thing. Mm-hmm. So I put the third, third one in. So now it goes, so instead of going up, down, up, now it goes up, down, down. Oh, like okay. extra down? Even more down? No, like, like just up, down, and then even. Okay. Right? So then I'm like, maybe I'll just put in four of these. Okay. So it'll just go up, down, down, up, kind of okay. make a symmetrical like a shape. Yeah. Yeah. So then, So I go to the fourth one. I go to put it up. That drywall anchor snaps. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> because these drywall anchors specifically came with these things right. to match the screw size, and I don't have any other ones. So so then I'm like, fuck. So I think maybe maybe I can move this one down. Uh, so, so then it goes up, down, down, down. <laughs> That's going to look shitty. And I'm like, I don't really have a choice at this point. So I go to screw that in. The third drywall anchor <laughs> So now I'm like, maybe I, so then I ended up, I ended up getting it, uh, started. And then the fourth drywall anchor snapped. So then I now have just, is it possible you were just putting <laughs> these in wrong? Cause it seems, well, it seems no, like the a thing high is, failure. The rate. thing is I have, I have used drywall anchors probably a dozen other times with no issues. And all of these drywall anchors came with the fucking mm-hmm. came with the hooks. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they just bought some crappy ones and threw them in there. I don't know. But it is now, the case. Now I just have a new wall decoration, which is a bunch of holes. broken drywall anchors <laughs> and some holes. Yeah, I have in uh, in my in my bathroom. I was trying to put up a shelf, and so I went in, used a stud finder, did the whole thing, you know. And found there's a bunch of like electrical shit back there, but I was pretty sure I had like dodged it, you know. Uh, but it's an, it's an old it's house. A, it's always a fun time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, it's, but it's an old house, and it's had presumably an enormous amount of very weird work done to it over its nearly. 150 years of existence, you know? So, so who knows what the fuck is back there? So I'm, I'm always really dubious when I go in. There could be a ghost. Mm-hmm. Could be the ghost there, of a well, slain definitely past resident. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to knock some holes in, keep the ghost from getting out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was so sure that I got between everything. Right. So I drilled my first hole. It's perfect. Like pop, get, get my anchor in there. Like everything's ready to go. Uh, get it all lined up. So I drill my second hole, and all of a sudden my my drill just stops. I'm like, what the fuck is back here, right? So I hit it a few more times, and I'm like, right, I'm going to stop doing this because who knows what that is. So I kind of like look in there, and I'm kind of trying to figure it out, and I find out there's a little fucking electrical box right there. Just with no, in. yeah, but I couldn't detect it because there wasn't any power in it. There's just like an empty metal box, just like just back there. chilling. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. But it's you flush just poke that through the wall. <laughs> you know? Flush with the drywall, and so now that I can't now I can't get it through metal. So now there's just two holes in my wall. Wait. Also. Is this a safe? <gasps> that could be. Did you wall. find a? Did you find a stash? A it's secret possible. stash? I should actually just knock that wall down and find out what's knock in there. Knock that wall down. Yep. It probably literally is just an empty box. I think it's just an empty box. Put back there as a joke. Or it's full of ghosts. As, yeah, this is the other thing. It's a ghost box. Every never, old house has a ghost box yeah. buried in the wall. You somewhere. should just leave those in there, I think, mm-hmm. as a good practice. Yeah, unless it's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency. Like, if you really need a ghost. Yeah, if there's like, if there's can. burglars. <laughs> If you're in a home alone situation, then mm-hmm. I think you do break so the you ghost set box. the ghosts loose. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, we all have that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, what's been going on in the studio is we are a week into our smaller game project. So 
Uh, I think today we're going to talk about what it is. Yeah, because it's 2018. It's 2018. Subtitle, who gives a fuck? Yeah, so so, <laughs> yep, so here's what's going on. So uh, we we were looking around. And we we're like, you know, we want a smaller project to build and just something to, to, to let us launch another game because it's been a while and the market has changed. Maybe, who knows? So Or... Maybe it stayed the same. Maybe the more it changes, the more it stays the same. Yeah. yeah. You know, Maybe and that is generally horrible. So yeah. we wanted to uh, basically get something out there so we could test and see what's going on. Uh, also give Rumpus a test. Uh, also, Ruckus is now called Rumpus. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, also, last week we talked about dodging trademark problems. Turns out nobody wants to use the name Rumpus for anything. But yeah. our studio name already has the word butt in it. So Rumpus is just a natural. Right. So now our studio starts with butt and our <laughs> web tech starts with rump. Yep, it's perfect. I believe the only other time I've seen Rumpus in any other context is at GDC. They have a little, Wild they have a little get together thing called the Rumpus. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a mild Rumpus, which is just a hangout during GDC, people playing video games. And then there's the Wild Rumpus, which is the party. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but so there's no just regular Rumpus. There's no regular Rumpus. That's where we come That's in. That's where we come yep. in. We gap. squeeze in the middle. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so we're, we wanted to find something where we could really leverage this new web tech and also essentially test the market and see what's going on. So uh, because we've talked about this before with, with Crashlands, you know, we launched two other games while we were building that one, largely because we knew that we didn't know anything. So we wanted to make sure that basically all of our eggs that were going to this one huge basket weren't going to be just destroyed on, on delivery. Um, and the way we did that was by experimenting with these smaller titles. So we looked around. Although, um, what, what did those experiments teach us? Because that's an important point too, is because they actually taught us that 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 we so we spent that time developing those games because we we're like, this is too many eggs in one basket, so we should throw out some more experiments, right? But those experiments did not pay off financially, mm-hmm. really. So we learned we learned some lessons about payment schemes mm-hmm. and you know and right. mobile at the time. Right. Well, they did in the sense that each of those games took eight hours to make. Right. I mean, they sort of <laughs> took eight hours to make right. because they also then had to be launched and other, other right. things are involved right. with that. Uh, but the big thing that that we got out of out of Flop Rocket was the bringing in of Scotch ID. Correct. Yeah. So people. And that's, that's the same idea here where we want to make something that sort of uh, floods this new system so we can check it and test and see if it, how Rumpus uh, functions and also get us ready for, you know, again, launching a, a new product. So getting a, another batch of people into the system to sort of uh, get our overall marketing engine kind of back up. So you can kind of say that this game is sort of like, it's like stretching before a marathon. That's right. You know, that's right. Well, I've heard that that might not be good for you. Yeah, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we're going to limber Which actually, up. Yeah, that's even a better <laughs> metaphor. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we looked around the market and we we're like, what can we build that would be, you know, fast? That would be, that would really take, you know, high advantage of this new web tech that Adam's been working on um, and that we can just have a really good time slam jamming together. And... So we decided to deliver on the promise that we <laughs> that we were going to provide some kind of user generated content based tool mm-hmm. that we failed to do with the Crashlands creator. Uh-huh. Yep. So basically, make a whole game out of it. So basically, what we're doing is uh, for those of you familiar with Mario Maker, which only exists on the Wii U and 3DS, and the 3DS, um, and is forty dollars. Forty dollars platform. There's no good equivalent um, to that particular sort of. Uh, style of like platformer builder thing on either the mobile storefronts or on steam. So we're building it and uh, it's about done already. And uh, it's going to be a lot more robust than that thing is. Like Adam and Seth played Mario maker a little bit mm-hmm. over the weekend. Did not well, unimpressed. It's a, it's a surprisingly rough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it, it demonstrates the power of the Nintendo 
intellectual property and of the quality of the the platformer basis that's mm-hmm. that that the old Mario games were. Right. Because basically it's a very rough interface to to Cl- making clunky. and sharing, a very clunky interface for making and sharing uh, you know, mix and matched um, levels made that basically be, I mean, there's not a lot you can do besides just deploying the the platformer tech that, mm-hmm. that's from, you know, old old Mario games. And because they did such a good job with the mechanics of those platformers, you can't help but end up with like a pretty good end result, right. you know? So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of, it's weird because that, that game was super successful, but it's all despite how medium of a job they did right. making that game. So we're going to do a good job, but we have no powerful IP. Yeah. Right. So we're, so, we're going to disagree. So that, well, that's actually, that's sort of our secret sauce is doing a good job. Yep. Uh, that's a, we don't, we don't have the, IP we don't have the powerful on. IP. So instead we just do, uh, try to do it good. <laughs> so, uh, so we're, we're a few weeks in now, I guess a week. Um, Seth worked on a little bit over the, over the break and it's already really fun to, to play around, mess around on. I think we have now something like 28 different components you can put mm-hmm. into the level. The thing that I'm excited about is that, so in, in Mario maker, the, the game is constrained by whatever exists in Mario games because mm-hmm. it's Mario Maker. You make Mario levels, right? Yep. So you're not going to see things in there that don't exist in Mario games pretty much across the board, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, but that we, we aren't constrained by literally anything in, in our game, mm-hmm. which means uh, we, can, we can pull inspiration from wherever we need to to make awesome shit. So if we're like, you know what's fun? Portal. Yep. What if we had portals you can go into and shoot out of and players can just put those wherever, however they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have that implemented in like 30 minutes and just ready to go. Right. Um, so we can do things like, like the uh, cannons, you know, that you can jump into and shoot yourself across the level. Mm-hmm. We can do wall jumping and double jumping and we can have keys and puzzle elements. Yes. Yeah, so we got uh, push blocks and levers and, and keys and stuff. So you can actually switches, make like levers, really doors. Cool puzzles. So the, it's basically a platform maker. Um, a platformer maker, yep. but we got to figure out how to name it because obviously it's terrible. So, mm-hmm. um, so we got to figure that out sort of sometime in the next week or two. I still think we should call it platformer because it's you form pretty funny. Form. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people get where the space goes, you know, like does it go after platform? Well, no, the, 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 ER? the game is called <laughs> the game is called plat, and then former is like the smaller text underneath mm, it. Yeah, dig it. Plat colon former. Yeah. <laughs> Subtitle, forming them plats. Forming yep. them plats. So it's coming along well, uh, and we'll probably be doing a beta uh, middle end of fe- February, because the goal is to have this out before GDC. I'm just going to say it on the podcast, that way we have to do it. So, um, yeah. Or we'll just not do or it. Or we'll just not, just like- So those are the two, the those are the two options. Because <laughs> 20, great team, who cares? So- um, no, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? So, <laughs> right. So that's where we're at, and uh, we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I will say we've never, so the only time we've- attempted to make a legitimate platformer was when we were working on extreme sloth cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned a lot since then. Um, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. Good. It's going to be a fun game. It already, it already feels pretty dang good to, to play. So, um, so that's what we've been working on. And uh, otherwise we have some Crashlands news as well, mm-hmm. which is for starters, uh, Crashlands is now available on Android TV. So those twelve for the, view, for the got that. If you got one of the, one yeah. of those. Go for it. Because um, we we put controller support in there because we were considering doing console releases for for Crashlands. Um, nowadays we decided, nah, we don't really want to do that. Okay, we're moving we, on with the life. Yeah, twenty great teen. We're not going to launch on consoles. Mm-hmm. We already launched on everything else. 
So if you want to play it, you just can. Yep. Uh, so quit being so picky about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now if you have an Android TV, so if you have an NVIDIA Shield TV or not an Amazon Fire TV, because no, that's, that's its own thing. Um, definitely not. Yep. But any other Android TV, basically. You can play with, with the controller and it's awesome. Well, the better yeah. part about this, though, is that we have also a completely different Crashlands update in the works, which is actually, you know, content related. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, is aiming to bring a few big design changes to the game uh, to sort of do a few of the things that we really wanted to do initially, but couldn't quite uh, pull off because, you know, time or whatever else. And sure has been heading this up, which has been really exciting. And it's really cool because the studio can actually do multiple things at once nowadays, which I think we're all still kind of getting used to, you know, yeah. like. Games can get updated while we make new stuff, and we could be here podcasting. Things are happening. So uh, it's very exciting, but the the gist of the update is there's there's a few systems that we wanted to sort of take another look at and and just try to do a better job with. And one of them, the one I'll talk about today, is uh, is the weapon system in Crashlands. So that game has, you know, you have, you have all your different stations, and in, in each station is currently a weapon. And the original intention was that there is a a really visceral difference between wielding, say, an axe, a hammer, and a sword. Now, the problem we ran into is that that required making, you know, three per station, which was a lot compared to, like, in, in addition to all of the other things. That yeah, so if you're a player where you're like, I just love hammers. I love hamming. Yeah. A ham you things. Can, you can have a hammer every, like, three hours. Right. Yeah. So, so, so you don't, you don't, you, maybe you love hammers, but you don't get to love hammers on purpose. Right. Yeah. And then the, the actual differences between the weapons, uh, they only differ by about, I think it's like 1.5 seconds in terms of uh, attack speed. So hammers are the slowest, swords are the fastest, but the actual gap between the two is not super It doesn't feel wide. very important, yeah. So, you know, we took a look at this, and then also they all use this, the exact same range from uh, an enemy hitbox to be able to hit someone. So the question was, can we sort of push this design a little bit further to get what actually feels like differentiation so that if you as a player, uh, maybe you like just like really stabbing the crap out of things. Like that's just your thing. You know, you're a person who likes shanking people in the kidneys. Um, now we actually can do that. We can provide a, that sort of fantasy for you inside of, of Crashlands. So the swords now actually are, I think about like two and a half times faster than they used to be. So they're at four and a half hits per second. You just get in there and you're just like, chop, 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 yeah. but they, <laughs> and, and they can hit from really from uh, the furthest away. And, and then the slowest one is the hammer, which is even slower than it used to be by a quarter of a second. So it's only uh, half of a hit per second. And then it has, of course, the stun chance on it. And you have to get like real up in people's business to be able to use the thing. And then the axe is kind of the middle, middle road character. So, um, what we found then is by, by sort of pushing those apart and really pushing their, uh, attack speeds apart, um, they do actually feel different, which was the whole point originally. Mm-hmm. But of course this required that we go build a bunch of weapons. So last week I built, well, cause yeah, cause that next step is that we also want to provide choice now because exactly. they're different enough that we don't want to force you to use a slow thing. Exactly. If you don't want to. So now there's three times as many weapons. Yeah. And so. the other thing we want to do to really push this differentiation. I'm not, I don't know. So I've been sort of part of the design a little bit, but I've been working on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm recalling a conversation we had and I don't know if this is still happening, but it's 20 great teams. Well, the so weapons are done. So go ahead and just yeah. so, so then, <laughs> do your thing. Uh, so we had talked about basically building in some extra gadgets and trinkets mm-hmm. and then also trying to find ways to modify the existing gadgets and trinkets so that the different weapons that you use, you can find ways to get sort of combo effects off right. of them. So like if someone's bleeding, for example, and then you catch them on fire, then maybe they also explode. Yeah. But with a specific gadget, not right. just universally. Or, or if we had a thing where like, maybe there's a, maybe there's a trinket that's like, 
if you make someone bleed, then you like get healed slightly from it or something creepy, like that. Creepy and gross. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you like drink their blood. Right. right. So, so the very next stage of this is actually this huge, uh, this huge trinket, uh, overhaul, which is going to be quite the project. Um, yeah. Cause we, we want that feeling of player choice where not only are you just like, I like slow hammers. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the end of your decision making. But you're like, but, I like bleeding people but now, and sucking yeah. their life juice. Away. Yeah. So whatever it is that you have, we want to, whatever your play style, we want to make sure that we add a whole bunch of cool stuff into the game that you can go after to really make that mm-hmm. sort of your own and get like, whenever you stun someone, they explode. Yep. And, and then, everything around them catches on fire. <laughs> uh, on top of this, we've been, the, the final thing I'll say is that we've been working on uh, two other gameplay modes. So currently the only one you can do is the campaign. Um, we went back using the creator. Uh, which we can't turn over to user-generated content um, and decided not to on that. But we decided to revisit it for two of the things people have asked for the most, not multiplayer, but uh, survival, <laughs> or, uh, uh, not survival, but uh, basically freeform mode. So you just hop in there and go. Um, sandbox mode. Sandbox mode, sorry, yeah. And then uh, creative mode, where the game actually watches your inventory and just fills it up with all the like floors and doors and stuff. So you can just build, build whatever you want. Whatever you want, like a crazy person. So uh, that's all... That's a big chunk of the stuff that's in the works. It's not quite all of it, but it's really exciting. Yeah. It's going to be good. We And also, we don't have a timeline on it. But it's already... But it's coming close. along. It's yeah. coming along pretty well. Oh, and... What? Uh, do you want to talk about some other stuff we got coming into it? Or do we want to we no. trickle it out? <laughs> Just wait. All right, we'll wait. There's there, But there's other things. Um, <laughs> otherwise, uh, so we have some GDC docs that we've been working on, and Sam had some things he wanted to talk about. Oh, for talk prep. Yeah. So, yeah. well, there's this interesting, uh, so we've, we've talked a little bit about the balance of, of stories and information when you're giving a talk. So, um, there was another study that, that I read recently that kind of backed this idea up, which was basically what, what they did is it was measuring, I think it was in the, in the made to stick book and they were measuring people's ability to remember something that someone, uh, talked about. Uh, and so what they did was they went to, I think it was a, like a speech class at like Stanford or something like that. And everybody had to prepare a speech. They gave it. And then what people did was they rated the speak the speaker, right? Rated the speech and the speaker uh, sort of as one. And then 10 minutes later, everyone was challenged to remember what the speaker actually said. And now what they found was that there's an interesting sort of uh, finding of this, which was that people's sort of ability to give a presentation. So like their presentation skills were not tethered to people's remembering of the material. What was tethered was essentially whether or not that person used a story to tell the material yep. or to share the material. Um, so it's just people a big remember thing. stories much more so than than your presence sort of when you're on stage or you know yeah. your addiction. Disembodied facts. I mean, yeah, because basically facts are just random noise unless they are tied together into yeah. some sort of uh, meaningful you know, context, coherent, exactly. self-reinforcing context. Yeah, and so I think in that particular study, none of the people who had the highest presentation scores had the memorable presentations. So, and this is why, like, sometimes you, you can walk away from a presentation and you're like, wow, they really did a good job. And then a day later, you're like, I don't remember anything from this <laughs> Or maybe you don't even remember having gone to the yeah, talk. Maybe. Maybe it's like a memory black hole, you know? I've been having a lot of those lately. I'm like, what did I do yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just Hard the whole day. <laughs> so, it's one thing to keep in mind for any of you who, who like talks or like preparing talks. Um, focus on the story more so. Like, craft the story as much as you can. And if it's the case that maybe you're a little nervous on stage or you walk around too much, who cares? Uh, focus on the story because that's what people will actually remember. Unless you just want to look good, in which case do that. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote my whole GDC talk. Uh, it w- was in theory ready to go. I went back through it and I was just like, eh, this isn't good. 
<laughs> so I've got to rework the whole thing uh, and figure out what kind of angle I want to take. So that's, I'll be working on that. And then last but not least, before we get to questions, we need to talk about One Punch Man. Yeah. One we Punch Man is, and the parable of being the expert. Of being yeah. so good at punching. Yeah, my, so, uh, my, fill us in. My brother-in-law introduced me to this um, over over break. This one, one, punch, one Punch Man, which is an anime that is available on Netflix, at least right now. I don't know. I don't actually know if it like just was made for that or if it came from somewhere. I don't know any of the details of the of the backstory of mm-hmm. One Punch Man. Um, but it's uh, the whole premise is basically that there's a guy who decided that he wanted to become a hero. Um, so he's got he's got a very intentionally weak origin story, which he just thought it would be fun, basically. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which he, is how people just, get into all kinds yeah, of things in life. But he's just a normal guy. But he just he decides like this is the thing that I'm going to do, you know. So he. Works really hard just every day for three years. As a consequence, he's just a normal guy, right? As far as we can tell. But as he a works really hard of all that hard work, he loses all of his hair because he worked so hard. Just He works so hard at punching. Is that what happened yeah. in the studio as well? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's some parallels here. You know? It's dangerous. And, uh, but then he, get, he gets so strong that he just becomes the strongest thing. Um, and and as, as the series goes on, we discover that as far as we can tell, he's basically the strongest thing in the universe, right? Because he worked very hard he worked for three whole years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to go into the details of like what he, what his training was because these are just, you know, fun reveals as, sure. as the show goes on. Uh, but you know, he just, he was, he was super diligent, worked very hard. Uh, but as a consequence, because he can just one punch everything, which is why he's called one punch man. Right. So, so anytime the world has a problem that can, can be can solved by being punched, well, and many death. things that that you know practically might not be best solved by being punched. If if they can be punched at all, <laughs> then, you know, one punch man is there. Well, for you, you know, when you're a hammer, you gotta, yeah. you know, when you're a one punch man, you got to punch everything is or whatever. something that can be punched. Yeah, but uh, but so so the whole the whole series is basically this guy kind of exploring this problem, which is that he loves like he got into being a hero because he loved like fighting these you know difficult battles but now there is no difficult battle for him mm. and so he just is he's wandering the world with this just sense of boredom and he just doesn't care he's not quite depressed but he's ba- he's almost there he's sort of know? a nihilist i he guess just, yeah he just because he just, he's just trying to find he's just looking for somebody who can finally put up a fight with him and everybody around him just they, they don't know who he is because he's somehow kind of flown under the radar right and so well, everybody also around like, him, whatever he does is not going to be a big noticeable spectacle yeah, because he just he's just going to show up, punch it <laughs> right. and then leave. Yeah. And so, th- so there's all this drama with his hero association about whether he's like taking credit from other people because he can't possibly be that strong and all this kind of stuff. Right? So nobody really but knows he doesn't who he really is, care, but he doesn't care, you know? So, <laughs> so everybody's like freaking out all the time. They're trying, they're accusing him of things and he's just like, okay. And then he walks away. You know? Also <laughs> his face, like the way they draw his face, he just looks, he has no features. He looks so bored. Yeah. He has no features. His, his all, eyes are kind of like half lidded <laughs> and his mouth is just straight yeah. across and small. He only gets features when he's in the middle of like se- seemingly intense combat, right? Mm-hmm. But then you can actually tell. It turns out later as you as you kind of realize what's going on, even the battles that seemed like they were hard, it turned out weren't any effort for him at all. You know? <laughs> so it, it's just, it's a hilarious show and it's definitely just worth watching. Um, but it is it is also a parable about sort of, you know, a problem of expertise. If If you get trapped in a thing, which is the one thing that you do, and you get really, really because a lot of most of the fun is in the learning phase and in mm-hmm. the ex- exploratory phase. The overcoming the challenge, overcoming, overcoming challenges, challenges right. is the fun part of everything. Yeah. So if it were the case that you could become that deep of an expert in the thing that you're doing, then you would just you'd become one punch man. We, we talked about this with uh, you know Felix Baumgartner, the guy who jumped from space, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, he jumped from space 
It took 13 minutes to fall yeah. from space. So the question is, would he? Then he landed. Yeah. Yeah. Then he just Maybe resumed he's, his normal life. Maybe he's wandering around very bored because there's nothing yeah. There's nothing taller to jump off. Yeah, he'd have to yeah. jump off the moon or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the problem Which is- also it, happens in One Punch Man. Just <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets punched by an enemy all the way to the moon. Mm. And then he just like looks around, realizes he's on the moon, and just plugs his nose and holds his breath. <laughs> and then kind of like looks around, he like juggles some stuff a little bit, exploring the gravity of the moon, uh-huh. you know, and then, and then just leaps back off all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Because he's bored. Because he's bored. He's just like, well, I don't give a fuck. Well, I guess I'm on the moon now. Yep. It's just is what it is. But yeah. So there's, there's, there's a, it's, it's hard to keep on ratcheting up the challenges when you've like, when so you're I, able to punch it. So I had this experience because I, I, uh, play, I restarted my WoW subscription this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And everybody in World of Warcraft is essentially one punch man. Yeah. Right. Now because yeah, and anybody who cheats in games also is a one mm-hmm. punch man. Yeah. Um, and it's because of the fact that, uh, like, Every everything in the game has been made to be very accessible, which means there's only actually a very small amount of stuff in the game that's really hard to do, and you have to do it with a group. So everything that can be done, everything out in the world is meant to be soloed by a player of any skill level, just any skill level, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, which means if you use essentially any combination of abilities in any order against any enemy in the world, you it win. will die almost immediately. <laughs> right? So... So, uh, so quests went from being this thing like back in ye olden days of WoW, mm-hmm. where you would get like four quests, and you're like, "Oh, fuck! I'm here goes my here goes my afternoon, right? right. Trying to get these four quests done." Uh, to now being, you'll get like three quests, and you'll go and you'll just one punch everything uh, in a matter of moments. Like you walk out there, you just kind of mm-hmm. like aimlessly punch everything around you. And then mm-hmm. your face is just blank. The and whole you're time just staring. Happening. And then you go back and they're like, great job, champion. Like you're the fucking best. And then they give you like, a reward. I am. Yeah. But yep. this, this yeah. led to an, an unusual uh, uh, sort of overall game experience where it kind of has that, that feeling of like nothing really mattering. Mm-hmm. Where, Ennui. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the, the problem is like. Each quest, like, so I'm, I go through quests so fast because each quest is like under three minutes, even something that's like across, across a, so what's supposed to be like a war torn landscape. Mm-hmm. I just, I just get on my fucking motorcycle that I built and then I just <laughs> ride it across, punch the thing, ride back, ride back. And like enemies are chasing me the whole time. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just ride past, you know? And so then, so then in order to compensate for the fact that players are doing quests so fast, there has to be a lot of them, Mm. right? And so it's just like quest after quest after quest. And if you play the game for maybe two or three hours, you will do like 150 quests. I mean, it's, it's very, uh, (laughs) it's so it, it reaches a point where you actually, you can't give a shit about any one thing that you're doing at any given moment because it's all just noise right yeah. it was interesting so i play i've been playing a uh, hand of fate 2 mm-hmm. still that series one of my favorite games um and i spent i think it was three and a half hours on saturday just losing back to back <laughs> to back um it first in one scenario and then another one and for a whole wide variety of reasons just like bad combat i mean the game is all a lot about luck right it makes yeah. you it really makes you feel luck in a very unfortunate way um but there were plenty of times where I was clear, like, man, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't hack it, right? It was quite, on you. It was on you me. You couldn't blame Yeah, some fortune. aspect of it was always on me. And so it was really interesting uh, playing that because it's been a while since I've played a game where I actually just had that hard of a time trying to accomplish something. 
And what happened was I played, I played through these two different scenarios and just could not seem to do it. Could not seem to beat it. And then I uh, picked a third one and failed on the first try on that one. And I was like, okay, I think I know how to do this. So changed up some of my, some of my cards going in, uh, went and played it again and, and beat it. And it took about, they take about 25 to 40 minutes, depending on the, the scenario. And the amount of good feeling I got from beating that level finally yep. was like, it's so good. It's so good. It's like right? completing a marathon. Yeah. You, you worked at something for hours and hours. Yeah. And they talk yeah. about that there's this new game that's uh, in early access called They Are Billions, which we looked at uh, uh, last week. And it's about sort of building up your base and protecting yourself from a zombie horde. And I would just look but up. But it the, is a literal zombie horde. Yeah. We were actually looking at it like, I don't know how they're rendering yeah, that was the, the only thing I could, only thing I could think about when I was watching this trailer was how in the fuck <laughs> are there this many zombies? Yeah, it's awesome. What so, kind of machine can run this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There have to be five, ten thousand zombies right. on the screen, but and they, they look fully rendered. Yeah, they're running. I they're mean, like, they're animated. Three D. Yeah. So what? <laughs> but they're uh, so they they did like their own Kickstarter thing, and then they ran out of beta keys because like people just love playing the game. It got picked up by a few YouTubers, and so they went straight into early access. I've um, been doing very well, but it's funny watching it because it's literally the case. Like if one of those zombies gets in to your little, uh, your little your, civilization, your colony, like, you're just, you're almost guaranteed to lose. Like it's just, well, as soon as somebody gets bitten, yeah, then they turn they and then turn, they start destroying they things. Something. And it's just like, it's this cascade. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, when you watch the walking dead, mm-hmm. the, their first instinct when meeting a new person is to just kill them yep. because that's just an extra risk. Yep. You know, there's an optimal group size in a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. scenario. Or in a business. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. in life. Yeah. Right. Life is basically a zombie apocalypse yep. metaphor. Yeah. So. So, yeah, everyone's a new risk. So. But you never funny. know when they could turn and start biting people. Right. Because if you read, <laughs> I love reading the Steam reviews for this game because people are like, yeah, I spent two and a half hours building up my base <laughs> and like protecting it and stuff. And I think the, like the current survival campaign is like, it's like a three hour thing or something. It takes a long time. But nobody beats it. <laughs> oh yeah. Just a few people do, but yeah, that's, it's the sort of, you know, them kind of narrating their experience. And it's like, you spent two and a half hours doing this. And then like one zombie broke through and I lost, like I lost everything. And then it, and then it is like 10 out of 10 would play again. <laughs> yeah, but again, yeah. but again, those are the things that are memorable. I mean, yeah. I, I've had experiences in, you know, Kerbal space program. I, I come up with this elaborate. It just has to feel fair. When yeah. You, when mm-hmm. you, well, you, yeah. you need to know where to attribute the loss. Right. Right. And I've had so many times where in Kerbal space program, I'll plan some elaborate mission. I'm going to, I'm going to build a lander. I'm going to fly to lathe, which is one of the moons of basically Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And it's the only other body that has an oxygen in the atmosphere. Mm. So I'm going to build a, a lander that is a jet. <laughs> I'm going to fly it out there. I'm going to land a jet on this planet and then I'm going to fly my jet back to space, <laughs> come back home and I'll do that. It's pretty rad. And then I'll get there and then I'll, I'll be halfway through, you know, and I'm taking off. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of the wings explodes on my jet because I was going too fast mm-hmm. and I melted yep. the wing in the atmosphere. And I think, fuck, mm-hmm. cause there goes six hours of planning and work. But then I just go. No problem. I go back to the vehicle assembly building and I put Just some heat better, shields on yeah. there, you know, and then I try it yeah. again. Right. Um, yeah, space program is great for that because, because you can't, you can't know what you needed until you need it. Until your Which is explodes. also a metaphor <laughs> for life, right? Well, how do you think this relates to this idea of, you know, this hardcore challenge of video games as it relates to like one punch man and the general mm-hmm. problem of expertise? Cause like, I, I imagine once you beat, they are billions. And once you survive for like three hours against one of these hordes, you have this problem again. Right. Yeah, well, you, you need you need something to 
work toward. And we've, we've talked about this in our, in our own, um, sort of development stuff, which is every time we make a new game, we try to throw some wrench into the development of it yeah. that makes it harder than it needs to be. We could just make it a uh, Crashlands 2, which mm-hmm. is basically a reskin of Crashlands that looks better with or some slightly or new flight. mechanics or whatever. Right. And we've talked about doing that, but at this, at this stage, that would just feel like maintenance, yeah. you know, because there, there are things that we know that we don't know. So we, we want to make this, this platformer builder, uh, in large part, not just because we think it has a lot of good potential for our players and for our company and everything, but also because there's a whole bunch of stuff in here that we've never done before. Weird and fun. We've never, we've never launched a platformer. We've never done this web stuff. Um, We've done, we've never generated content. There's all these things that we just have, we have no concept of what to do. And maybe, you know what? Maybe our wings will melt. Maybe. Sort of flew too close to the sun, Icarus Mm -hmm. style. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll only know how bad of an idea all of these things were. Once with the game Once our out. shit explodes. Yep. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> That's the thing. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, 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 2019. One, but this, this also reminds me of, there was a, I think it was uh, Gary, what's his name? Gary Newman, the creator of Rust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he has this really interesting article where he talks about how he just doesn't listen to player feedback <laughs> mm-hmm. because he said players are not game designers and they, they always want things that are going to make the game worse for them, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, is a, they just want to win. Yeah. And this is, this is a term in psychology called miswanting, which mm-hmm. is, which is having desire for something that's actually going to have the opposite effect of what you believe it's going to have for you, which is generally how people are. Yes. We miswant most, most things, most things. And in video games, players just want to win. They want to have the thing that's going to make them one shot the boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, cause it's easy to forget that winning has value because you can lose. Right. You know? Yes. And or I think because of how hard it was to win. In yeah. the first place. And having the thing is only meaningful if you had to get the thing. Once yep. you have it, now you just one shot the now boss and the game's it. over. Yep. Now you have it. There's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to work toward. Mm. Um, so there's that kind of weird, this weird thing that, that, you know, we live in a culture that really sort of idolizes success mm-hmm. and nobody ever talks about what happens after that, which yep. is nothing. Right. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, usually fall, the fall happens yeah. after success. Right? Yeah. We yeah. actually, we submit one of our talks to GDC was, was about this problem, which no one, I've certainly never seen anyone in the industry talk about it, which is, what do you do after you you actually have a successful game? Every, yeah, it's some metric, right? Because yeah. it's way more exciting to go from to go from abject failure to success than it is to go from success to some more. Yeah, well, and yeah. the, the <laughs> most likely success, right? But the most likely next thing, because success is basically random, especially in this industry, mm-hmm. the most likely next thing that happens after success right. is failure, right? Because so, failure is just the most likely thing. Period. period. Yeah, exactly. And so that means that. It's going to feel great when you finally get that success, but what's probably going to happen next is failure. And that it feels way worse to go from success to failure than from than just to already be at the failure. So our plan is to just do that real quick. This platform, this platform, just (laughs) that out of the way, just bomb it, just face plant real good. We'll reset back to the success toggle because that's how statistics work. I think that's how it works, right? Yeah, because well, if and if if we completely bone this thing too, then also it'll make us it'll put us back in the hunger mode where we just be like. Fuck. Oh God! This, yeah, which is actually the best mode to be in because yeah. now you have to do things. Yep, yep. Instead of just going, well, I guess, I guess I'm on the fine. moon now. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, let's get on to some questions. 
these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. So if you would like to get your question on a future episode, get over there and ask it to us with the form. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ask it to us. First question comes from Retro Banana Man NL. How do you guys choose what to do? I myself have a wide variety of interests, and because of that, I don't really go deep into stuff. Any tips on how to pick something? Mm, this is a problem that I think I have more. Yeah, than Sam has you guys. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of World of Warcraft, back in the day when, uh, when yeah. Sam when Sam was playing around the time the game came out, mm-hmm. uh, I made a, a hunter and I leveled it to the maximum level, and then I was doing all the all the hard shit up there. And then Sam had 10 characters, each of which was somewhere between level 10 and 45. <laughs> so he'd, he'd start playing a warrior and then he'd be running around like, fuck yeah. Then I see things. a mage turn someone into a goat. And I was like, I want to do that. I, why can't I turn things <laughs> so into So I'd go do that for a while. And then I'd see a warlock fear someone <laughs> and I'd be like, I want to do that. Yeah. But I'd go do that for a while. You so, see a shaman throw lightning and you think, it'd be great if I could throw yeah. lightning. And then I'd be like, there's a no. I want to be a no. And I go do that. So, uh, so this this has been my sort of perennial. We call this alt fever. Yes. So that <laughs> alt fever was sort of my. It's a sickness you have where you continually roll alternate characters. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> that was sort of my my main mode. Uh, nowadays, I can't actually stick with stuff. So my most recent characters, I get up, I actually get them up to full level and then do all the stuff. Um, so I don't know if it's from getting a little bit older that I can't can actually stick with stuff nowadays. But I do tend to like jumping around a little bit more than both you guys. Yeah. So the question is then how do you, how do you, pick, how do you pick a main? Well, so here's, here's what I realized is that picking it <laughs> completely in isolation is the wrong move. Yep. So what I've done is I found two people who are mains at programming. And what this allows me to do is anytime we need a fill role of some sort, you can just keep like, having alt fever. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like, Oh God, we like someone has to market this thing. I'm like, I could do that. And then they're like, oh, God, we, we someone's got to go give a talk. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then it's like, oh, God, we need some art. Okay, I yeah, can do that. I think what you have to realize is that by doing all kinds of shit in sort of varying degrees, then that actually is a skill, mm-hmm. right? Like if somebody- yeah, that, That's another tree, actually, that, you, that you're doing sort of in the shadows the right. whole time. So, so instead of having one person on staff who's an expert writer- and they're really, really fucking good at writing. But that's all they do. And that's all they can do. So then if we say, well, we need a newsletter this month, so you can do that. But we also have 30 other things we need, but you can't do any of those things, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Instead, we can say, well, we have Sam who has alt fever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, he's a level. He's, <laughs> he's over here sweating. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's, a, he's a level 25 writer, you mm-hmm. know. He's not, he's not max level. Mm-hmm. So his gear isn't the best. That's right. But... <laughs> But he can take down one or two mobs. That's true. So, <laughs> so. And importantly, <laughs> if I make a newsletter, I can also make the pictures to put in it. Yep. Yeah. Or if I make and a this trailer. Is, this, is, right? this is actually the thing is I think people fail to realize is that having lots of skills is a, is a, it is a sort of a it's weird a power form in and of, of itself. Yeah. It's a weird sort of broad expertise where right. you know enough about enough things that you can, you can take care of a lot of different mm-hmm. things. So, so you just need to, don't worry about picking something. If that's what you like to do, then just fucking do that. Right. So my, my list of things this week includes making these campaigns for the, the new Crashlands update, uh, making a bunch of art for the platformer, which is both character and object creation art, and then doing a bunch of marketing work for the platformer to figure out what the hell to call the thing, uh, and then doing a little bit of dialogue touch-ups on 
on this uh, other secret thing that we have coming out, <laughs> <laughs> be coming out of the newsletter. Uh, oh God! Um, shortly. So yeah, mix of writing, all this other stuff, and then my off time. Well, um, then plus the design stuff because we have to design. Yeah, so I'll be doing a bunch the, of design work as well. Yeah, in-game parts of how this whole user-generated content system right. is going to work. And then if we need a UI, then I'll do that too. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so the point being that this works because we're in a small company. Right. Where we don't, we don't need, we, well, we don't need a person. We for don't each need thing. a person for each thing. And we also can't have a person for each thing. Yeah. So except if, for programming pretty much. Yes. Because yeah. there's always a lot of that. There's always too much fucking programming yeah. to be done. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, we have job security as programmers because we always make more of our own problems, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like all oh, this engine I wrote. This is like, oh man, I got to fix. <laughs> <laughs> have to be around for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah you sorry. Sorry yeah, about that. And I fixed this bug and created a hundred more. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so sorry. Think, if you're that sort of person who has alt fever, it's fine. You, you just, just got to find a way to harness it. Yeah, you got to find some people to put in your party who are just a little more solid than you are on the daily uh, <laughs> in terms of picking a task and going for it. And who you can, it's like in our, in our early days, you need, you need some mains who can carry you through some of the dungeons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're like shittily healed in the background. Sometimes. Yeah. You're like, so, I got this. <laughs> so in our, in our early days, when it was, uh, when it was just Seth and I, then I ran, I would run what we referred to as interference. So Seth didn't answer any emails for the whole like six months the studio was I around. still sort of don't. Yeah. I still also don't. Exactly. So <laughs> good. So, and then when Adam came on, we still did the same thing. Actually, Adam was working on B Scotch ID, um, and of course, I was doing the art stuff for Crashlands. But I frequently, like, I would be the one who just like was the wall in front of the programmers, you know, which is a job in and of itself. And so, and now we have the studio more broadly, so we get we get to pick, we get to bring people in who are actually deep experts in their stuff. So, you know, Tifa's done art her whole life, and she can do amazing things that I can't possibly do with my hands, but um, but you know, when it comes to like clocking together a newsletter and then turning around and editing a trailer or whatever else, yeah, you got all this stuff to do. So the problem is yeah, that actually, is true. You voice acted the trailer and edited it and did made the, the art, art in it in the trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so suck on that. <laughs> you main. Yeah, so I think the, the big part Turns there out is you only need to be level 40 or so to experience most of the, the game's thing. content. The reality is yeah. like if you're kind of, if you have a mild amount of aptitude in a wide variety of things, then you have a, like that, like Seth was saying, that's its own sort of power to bring to the table. You just yeah. got to make sure you you bring it to the right table. Yeah. So yeah. go work at a smaller company or mm-hmm. even do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if you go into a company that has a thousand people and you're one of those people who likes spreading yourself out across a bunch of different disciplines, you're probably going to be sad. Yeah, for sure. Unless you're some sort of like a liaison or something between mm-hmm. departments be or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so then the other thing I would say is just have a conversation. So this actually happens with with uh, myself and Adam and Seth routinely because I have so many things that I could do in any one week that are that are too far apart in terms of where they're going. Um, so I'll just say, hey, I'm thinking this is my list. Can you cut a few things out or does this seem right? And then they'll be like, yes. And they're mains so I can trust their single line of judgment, <laughs> you know, which is good. So yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta make a party. That's what yeah, it is. Well, yeah, basically, yeah, as, as the person with alt fever, you get to even out all of the chaos, mm-hmm. right? Because because the mains can just, they just do their thing. They're like, has, hey, we need a healer today. It has a throttle like, on it. No problem. I got a priest laying around somewhere. Actually, <laughs> the, the, one, uh, the one class that I have such an, a really easy time with is the druid. And wow, because they can tank, they, they can do GPS, <laughs> and they can heal. You're and like, they can do spell casting. Like, so, yeah, so you just still have alt fever. You just chose a main. You choose the character yeah. that is alt fever. And they actually, and to compensate for this, they actually, there, there's basically four different roles in the game there's healing, tanking, 
uh, melee damage and range damage. Mm -hmm. And they just gave the druids four different yep. specializations you can be, and you can change between them anytime. Yep. So, nice. so you don't, yeah, now, now you have a main that is the embodiment of alt fever. It was, which is basically if, if your main is just being the person who's very adaptable. Right? Yes. So that's the equivalent. Because sometimes it's fun to show up and you're like, I'm just going to turn into a cat and sneak in here and murder someone. Someone's like, oh, our tank left. And you're like, no problem. And you just turn into I'm a, a bear. bear. I'm a bear now. <laughs> so, But I do think it is, it's important <laughs> though that even, even as, even if you do have one very pretty clear role in one thing mm -hmm. that you're supposed to be doing, I do think it's important to not, to never be okay with that just being your thing. Because. Mm -hmm. You should always try to learn. Oh, well, yeah. because, because in a pinch, like. Because Sam also gets too busy on stuff, depending yeah. on, like, because he, he's more at the whim of just whatever is happening in the studio, right? So, if, like, if we're in a big marketing push or something and a bunch of that stuff has to mm -hmm. get done, then if something comes up, like, some sort of other issue that he would normally take care of, that's going to fall on somebody else now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, or or doesn't get done. Right. And so, so having everybody being able to do that a bit, where you, yeah. can, you can take a load here and there. And so, so having, being able to do lots of stuff is just always valuable. Even if, even in the case where you just primarily do a thing. Mm -hmm. At the very least, I think you should go out of your way to become a good writer. Yes. In the sense yep. of grammar and structure. Yep. Because that's how you communicate with almost everybody mm -hmm. nowadays. Um, and you should understand design on some level. Being able to at least be like, this isn't good. You don't yeah. even have to tell me why. Yeah. No, I mean, if, 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 somebody, if, if somebody hands you a resume... Mm -hmm. And they've put their name in yellow text on a white background and Comic Sans font. You should be able. You should be able to point at that and go put this in the trash. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it suggests that there's some fundamental thing that you just about the universe you've never even yeah. thought about. And this, before. you know, you see this all the time. You go to any game jam, and you'll see one of the games in there mm -hmm. will have a background that is maximum full blue. Yep. And then there'll be something maximum full red sitting on top of it. But also it, thin. Thin. And then mm -hmm. it just makes your eyes just shoot blood. Mm -hmm. Just like, <laughs> yep. like one of those toads, yep. you know. Uh, <laughs> it's defense just, yeah. So just, you got to know enough to not do that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It doesn't take knowing that much, really. No, it's and, like and a lot of things to be able to take just take 20 do hours. Yeah. It's like maybe a book per subject. Yeah, honestly, like if you read, if, for yeah. example, if you read like, okay, how do I tell stories better? There's a book, read it. Cool. Done. If you want to know how to write better, you pick up one of these style guides, read it. Like you literally just write better from reading one of those. The elements yeah. of style. But you do still, and but, white. but many of those you do have to practice though. So you can't you just do. be a better writer by reading about it or artist. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but you'll get a few of those pro tips where you're like, oh. Yeah. It accelerates the, the process of that. You know, you just, you just get more XP. Out of every you know hour you spend mm -hmm. doing the doing the yeah practice. and and of course as, an we, as we all know mm -hmm. about leveling up it's faster at the beginning yep. so yep you know that's true basically yep. life is an MMO and then it turns into a grind once you get it to a certain point yeah, yeah. And, and then you get so powerful then you get alt fever you know? then you get alt fever yeah there's there's actually there's a a subreddit called RL real life IRL or, MMO IRL, probably or something like that yeah where people write articles as if they're playing an MMO but they talk about <laughs> So I picked the accountant spec and I've been, I've been playing as an accountant for the past five years, but I've seen a lot of people who rolled finance characters mm. and they seem to be doing a lot better. So I was wondering what, what's the gold cost to switch from accountant to finance spec? <laughs> you know? People just talk about, you know, real life problems, but in MMO terms, it's pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, all right. Next question comes from D Helix who says, 
Has what happened with the Hello Games No Man's Sky debacle mm. made you more careful about making claims for upcoming games? Sean Murray has not said much to date. What are your thoughts on the issue? So for our listeners who don't know what this situation is, Hello Games, uh, who, which is headed up by Sean Murray, mm-hmm. they made a game called No Man's Sky about a year and a half ago, a year ago, something like that. And they either made claims about the game that weren't true or they did a terrible job of refuting things about the game right. that players believed to be true. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game launched at a, is a made by 12 person studio launched at a $60 AAA price point with heavy featuring by PlayStation and steam. Yeah. Turned out the game was not nearly what people expected it to be. Yeah. They got inspected by the ad, uh, like ruling agency in Britain, um, to see if they had violated anything. I think it came out. Okay. Yeah, it came out fine. But, but but the only reason that, that happens because the uproar was so large that government bodies discovered right. it, which is like and government has no fucking clue what's happening in tech anywhere, <laughs> but especially <laughs> video games. So there's there's also with the, like the loot the loot, loot box probably. Yep. If it's not even like it doesn't actually matter because like most of these things are gonna come out and be like, no, this actually isn't gambling, or in this case, mm-hmm. no, this wasn't an advertising violation, right? But the fact that they're even aware of it tells you the size of the yeah. uproar. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because right. it's one specific game, people were just real mad about it. Mm-hmm. So as far as how we approach our own marketing, I think we're just trying to do do a better job of letting people know that we're doing things more routinely because well, I, I don't think it's actually worried us like that particular instance hasn't worried us at all. We were just shocked that it was so dumb. I mean, I was people, shocked that it was so successful. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The game has still made like a billion dollars. I think, I think the game made over a half a billion dollars. Right. Which we've talked about before. We've said, you know, if you're going to have a bad game or bad marketing, have a bad game. And have yeah. a good market because people will still buy a bad game marketed well, even if you mm-hmm. lie, and even if even if you lie about it, and then it immediately comes out on day one that you lied. Somehow that doesn't and matter even at if all. Your review <laughs> score is in the negative category. Yeah, right. if you if you have a thirty percent positive, and there's still, I mean, No Man's Sky probably day by day probably sells a thousand times more copies than Crash Land oh, yeah, does. For sure, you know so. So I Which think isn't to say least. you should lie. Oh, yeah, no, you definitely that, should not. It's just that if you do, apparently it works. Apparently, yeah. So. <laughs> so I think as far as our own approach, the the way that our marketing has shifted actually in the last year or so is just to be a little more cognizant of what would actually be of interest to people and push that stuff more, uh, not to lie about things. But I mean, we have that. We have definitely, especially with like Scuffle Buddies, we've, mm-hmm. we've taken a huge step back from what we did in Crashlands, which is in Crashlands, we... We, we announced ideas. We had them. We did dev blogs. We showed the things that we had made right. uh, in force for Scuffle Buddies, basically for two reasons. One was was the No Man's Sky kind of thing. We're like, well, mm-hmm. shit, we know that anything we put in here has a really good chance of becoming different mm-hmm. and maybe hugely different before we launch. So we and don't want to so make any promises. We don't want to make any promises because people, most people, unless they're like really into what you're doing and, and think, of, think of a game studio as a creative enterprise that's coming up with something as it goes, right? Most people don't think about it that way. They think of it, think about it as like, it's a thing, it's a company making a product that I want. Mm-hmm. And, and so they don't, they don't go look at it to see the changes that are happening. They look at it to go get excited by, by right, what it is, by what so, it is. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the now reason it's going to feel been, like promises instead of, right. So the reason we've been quieter about Scuffle Buddies is because we, we know we have the overall intention of the game totally mapped out. We know what, what the end goal is for it. But of course the, the direct path to get there shifts a lot. And a good example of this is, uh, we completely changed how one of the sort of uh, systems and one of the main systems in the game worked uh, up until the basically the end of the before the winter break and it turned out great. It was like a really fantastic change for the game. But 
you know, thank God we didn't show the first one, which is why we've been in the, like we could have, cause it looked good enough. Like we could have started putting gifts together. Just wasn't um, fun. But yeah, we, you know, we, fit. we hedged and we're like, maybe we should hold off on this. Cause we don't want people, we don't want this gift out in the wild because with crash lanes, we experienced that where those old dev blog posts or those old gifts, people would ask questions like, Oh, I thought the system worked like this or, or is it the case that, you know, you can give your creatures jobs or whatever. It's like, we had a few of these things that, yeah, from cause, you, cause were, you can't expect, you can't expect any, like if a player goes to look up stuff about the game and they just come across whatever's your most read blog post, which mm-hmm. may be from a year before you launched, you can't expect them to go, I wonder if this is still true. And then <laughs> yeah, they go right. find the rest right. of the dev blog. They're just going to read a thing, think that's how it is. And, and it was upset. the case that when, you know, when we were, when we had less of a, of actual impact in terms of like being able to send out a newsletter, for example, to like 12 people versus now the 150,000 or so that it goes out to every month. Um, there's a very big difference in terms of what we're comfortable with. Like if no one's watching, who gives a crap? If you're sort of just like yeah, they're showing matter. a dev blog process, right? But and it didn't matter for crash. Lands. It literally didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but if a bunch of people are watching, we're just trying to be a little bit more cognizant of, of sort of controlling the messaging around the game so that we don't accidentally start talking about it in a way that, that ends up not being what the game actually is, or even that ends up being a bad way to talk about the game, which yeah. I think people also don't necessarily consider. So, which we also, and that we did, that we did do with Crash Lane. Lane. So it originally was called a survival game. And was, it was also, we was only talked about it as a mobile game. And as a mobile game. Yeah. We only, we conceived of it as a mobile game first. And then as, as it grew and realized how, how expansive and cool it was going to mm-hmm. be, we decided to change the, our approach to make it be fully cross platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd already, Already, already presented it as, yep. a, as a mobile title. So we're just we're just being a little bit more careful until we get a bit further in. Um, and we're hoping to start showing some gameplay and stuff for Scuffle Buddy sometime once we get back on it, uh, you know, after this platformer project. So yeah. not and, too long and in the future. A big reason that we're that we're talking about the platformer thing on the podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna be pretty quiet about it in most other areas mm-hmm. until it solidifies. Um, we thought, you know, this is just a good opportunity for us to, because a lot of our listeners are interested in, you know, game development, because that's what the podcast is about. Um, and so we can just kind of document our thought processes and some of the things that we're coming across mm-hmm. as we go, understanding that the people listening to the podcast are going to be a little bit more discerning than somebody sure. who just yeah. randomly finds a blog yeah. well, post. Well, also somewhere. we get to provide all the context as we're talking about stuff. Um, yeah. un- unlike if somebody, because you can't Google search, you know, a, a snippet of text out of a, out of a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And then lose all the context. Right. Around you it. just listen to it. You just listen to it. So you can't help but have all the context. Yeah. So we can't realize, you know, we can just talk about whatever we want because it's 20 great team. Yep. Who, Who cares? Good fuck. So. Good fuck. All right. Let's hit one real, real quick question right, before we, before we cap off this, this pod. Uh, this last question comes from Blue Locario, who says, can you talk about how to choose a name for a new game studio and how mm. to legally get it set up? Please. Sure. So very polite in choosing a name, quit putting the word studio or maybe even quit putting the word games mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Because what happens if you switch and you start making bleach? Yep. Yeah. Then you're or, thinking, or, or, or you <laughs> get on the blockchain. Yeah. You're thinking, fuck, we can't pivot now. Uh huh. People are going to expect that we make games. Although studio is generic enough. But also, like, if it's really generic, just take it out. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah, anyway. so that those yeah. things, pick words that actually mean something. Yeah, because um, they're memorable. And then ideally, try to make it a concrete thing. So if you if you pick something that is like a really weird word, for example, um, but that doesn't have any like physical, that doesn't have any physical component in the real world, it's actually harder for people to remember. So like yeah. butterscotch, everybody knows what a butterscotch candy is. Which means if you hear or a name pu- or pudding or pudding, 
Um, just, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So like try to pick something solid that people can kind of like. Or sort of an amorphous solid mm -hmm. at, at like least. Like glass. Yeah. 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 And my, my personal one is like. <laughs> yeah. My personal one is try not to. Uh, don't just go for like overly epic all the time. Literally yeah, there's yeah, epic take, games. Take that shit down. Everyone's just know? always like, oh my God, like the best studio of epic proportions games mm -hmm. and it's like stop brain exploder yeah. uh, studio that games. would be pretty good actually. yeah actually <laughs> brain exploder studio games i would <laughs> i would I'd, I'd check out that. all right so the idea is if you're gonna go if you're gonna go tropey oh, you gotta go hypertropy hypertropy yeah um so the other thing is think about searchability so google your games or your studio's name that you want it to have See what's out there. And because then, if there's 13 million results, realize that you're going to be at the bottom of those results. And then definitely think about if you if you decide to misspell the name because you're like, I want to be like Twitter and take out, or I guess Twitter, Flicker. Like Tumblr, Fl Flickr, yeah. any of these like 2,000 startups, take out an E. Um, is someone going to be able to Google it? Yeah. When you, when the, with the fucked up spelling in a way that makes any sense. Because well, yeah, if, the, the question is, can you... If it's not possible for you to tell somebody the title of your game without, without spelling also it. spelling it for them, then that's bad. The nice thing is that we, not do we that. talked about this before, butterscotch shenanigans, most people know both of those words. They're most both, people can spell neither of them. Most people can spell neither, but that works out fine because yeah. Google no, fills there it aren't, in. Yeah. yeah, there aren't similar words to yeah. those actually. So, and I, we've talked about this before, but if we look at our Google Analytics, like looking at the search terms people use There's to get to site, in there. it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I don't know. Everybody's illiterate, yeah. I guess. It's like incredible. Yeah, boot, booter scooch <laughs> shangdings. Well, that's why we started signing off the newsletters like we did because we're like, why not? Let's just, just embrace go. it. Yeah. 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 What was it like? Blunker stash shablangadang. It doesn't matter as long as Google can sort of fill in the blanks yep. and figure it out. Yep. And then otherwise, do, do uh, and, we, and we didn't do this back, we weren't paying as much attention and also it didn't seem important because mm -hmm. nobody gave a shit about us. We didn't know we were what we were doing, if we were even going to be making games together and so on. Uh, but now when we're, when we're naming games, which is the same thing as naming a studio, uh, the Google search is the most important thing, which is just see what else is out there. Ideally, literally nothing even remotely relevant or with exactly the same name comes up when you do a search for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but in any case, you could still run into a trademark issue. Right. And so this, unfortunately is a thing for lawyers, uh, which mm -hmm. all we can really say is, you know, to, to do our due diligence is to say, don't listen to us, have a lawyer. Because but we didn't have a lawyer for like three years. But we didn't have a lawyer. We didn't know what we were doing. We had LegalZoom, and we did do trademark searches for that. We did, yeah. Through LegalZoom. Yeah, cool. and, you, and you can do that. And so, But it's something just to be aware of that chances are that if you do a Google search and nothing comes up, there's probably also not going to be a trademark problem. Um, but it is good to just, just to do that due this diligence. This is legal advice. Yeah, this isn't legal advice. We're not your lawyers, mm -hmm. so you should have one or whatever, mm -hmm. probably. But yeah, that's it. Those are things to worry about. Yeah. Searchability, And, and I think there's a... A tendency for people to go, well, my, my name is similar to this other thing, but they probably won't, won't care. They probably won't sue me. Yeah. Right. The, we have to understand about trademarks is that if, if somebody believes that you might be infringing on their trademark, they actually have to sue you. If they want to keep their trademark. If they want to keep their trademark. Yeah, this is, it's not like a, it's not like a good nature. like, eh, okay, I'll let this pass. It's no, not possible. They're supposed to sue you yeah, yeah. in order to not lose their trademark. Which well, that's, what they, we saw. that's why we changed Ruckus to Rumpus now, because there's a company called Ruckus Wireless, which, unrelated, right? But they've got... They have a whole section about the trademark. They have a whole section about trademarks. It's clearly very important to them. And not, even, yeah, if, even if they're good people who don't want to sue us, there's a good chance they would just do it anyway. 
because they have to. Because yeah. they have to to protect their trademark. And this this happened with uh, King.com with Candy Crush. They said, hey, we, Fucking, no. they said, hey, we want to trademark Candy and Saga because we use these in our games. Yeah, that one was outrageous. It's, though, because it's outrageous. they didn't actually have to do that. No, they could they could have trademarked Candy Crush. Yes. But they but here's the thing. Legally, they did exactly what they're supposed to do, which is go for the most widely ranging trademark they thought they could get. Yeah, you got to be careful with lawyers. They're yeah, they're they're, uh, they're people. They're they're people. Uh, so, <laughs> so they you go for the you know the, the most broadly ranging trademark you can get. So these so they trademarked both words. They trademarked candy and saga, not the whole thing together. Or they they applied for that trademark and then in order to demonstrate their, you know, their defense of that trademark, they then had to go out Sue and people. sue the fuck out of everybody, including, you know, the makers of the banner saga, which is literally a saga, which is a word that means Viking epic. Mm-hmm. And the banner saga is a game about Vikings, uh, mm-hmm. not candy, but because it had the word saga in it. Now they had to, they had to get, you know, screwed over. Yeah, so. Which also means be careful choosing your trademarks because if you're wacky enough to, to trademark the word saga, like now all of a sudden you have to now pay your you, lawyers to sue everybody. Yeah, now you have to sue people. Yeah. Just don't do you that. Know, or at the very least send them, you know, a cease and desist. And, but then, you know, but you're really not, what you should do in that scenario is just say, I have made a mistake. I'm going to give up this trademark. Yeah, right, I, I should say, when I say you are obligated to sue people, what it really is, is you're obligated to take legal action. Right. So and again, only if, you want to keep that trademark. What we should do is we should get the yeah. butterscotch trademark and then just sue grandmas. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we could sue any, cookie companies. We should just get go any, any, any person handing out mm-hmm. handing out hard candies. Yeah, and we do have a trademark on butterscotch shenanigans, right? Yes. But the whole thing. Who the fuck is going to accidentally interfere with that? It's probably not good if you get that whole thing somewhere. Well, on a long enough timeline, It'll happen. somebody will come up with that combination of words independently of us not knowing Mm-hmm. That on a long enough timeline, which is which is the key there. So yes. will, the sun yeah. will explode. This is a uh, this is a monkeys on typewriter is writing uh-huh. Shakespeare situation. Although uh, before we leave, I actually want to think. I want to talk about that for a second because I was thinking about this recently. Because there's that there is that saying right: given enough monkeys and enough time, hacking away at keyboards randomly, uh, you know they'll they'll one of them will create the works of Shakespeare, or whatever. You know that's that kind of a line, mm-hmm. right? But it got me wondering though. What volume of monkeys would be required to actually mm. do that? Because what volume in terms of like squ- cubic yeah, in terms yards? Yeah, because like, the universe <laughs> the universe is a size, right? The universe might have to be made of monkeys in no, order but for that to be. Actually, there might not be. I, there's, not, there's not enough room in the universe because <laughs> these numbers grow so fast. Because if you're talking mm. like the works of Shakespeare, think how many, how many letters. Yeah, That's yeah. random letters from a keyboard that has to match that. That number is going to be so astronomically large that it would probably take like an Infinite universe of universes packed full. Well, considering of armed butt to butt monkeys. Considering like, it's believed, or it's it's yeah, it's believed that the number of possible chess moves is more than the number of atoms in the universe. Oh yeah, yeah. And there it's are more there than are an, way it's more fewer than chess that. moves yeah. than there are possible letter <laughs> so combinations. The total number of monkeys required is more than the atoms in the universe. Probably guaranteed. Way more. Like Which means there's probably like you would probably need the number of atoms in the universe for every atom in the universe. And that's probably still not enough. Right. That's a lot that's of monkeys. A, that's a lot, lot of monkeys. Of monkeys. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the moral of that is our trademark is probably fine. Yeah. The moral is that, is that is both of that's fine. And whenever you start, start talking about infinity, realize you're just spouting nonsense and then stop. Done. Because <laughs> there is no such thing. Because there's no such thing for a very good reason, which is that it becomes outrageous real fast. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. So thank you all for listening. And uh, be sure to tune in next week. We'll talk some more about uh, how this weird game project is coming along. We'd also like to thank our studio wrangler, Monique, and our producer, Fat Bard, for putting this episode together. 
and the B-Scotch dev team for having our back while we record the podcast. Special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop into our Discord server at discord.gg slash bscotch and come say hey. And if you'd like to uh, cover yourself with Butterscotch merch, you can check out our shop, which is over at shop.bscotch.net. Our stickers probably work for hair removal. Oh, yeah. Yes, if you want to put stuff on your body yeah. or get very specific things off of yep. your body. Um, and also bear in mind, of course, we don't do any advertisements inside this podcast or anything like that. We keep it very clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not, not clean, but you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, so if you want to help support, you know, what we're doing, you buy our games, but also buy some of our merch. Uh, also, if you'd like to send us some stuff, we have a mailbox. So if you'd like to uh, do that, you can head on over to mailbox.bscotch.net to find the address. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.